Well, the city is certainly entering a time of chaos. Think about chaos as it brings opportunity. Grand Duke Older Raven Guard is a tough fellow. You have to be to lead the entire Flaming Fist. Him being gone is troublesome. Well, not even just him. Plenty of commanders went missing with him when he took about 100 men down to Atoriel to talk about politics and stuff. I can't say I'm a man of politics, but this is the time to assert myself. It's not like I'm the only captain, of course. Half the others I know I do what to do during this time of crisis, so I've stepped forward. It's thanks to me the gates of the city have been closed. Thanks to me, we're just about maintaining order in the lower city. Now, Commander Liara Portia has been called in. And I imagine in a few weeks she will probably be able to get the patronising line better than all I can. After all, she is the niece of one of the dukes. Until she gets back, I'm in charge, and the way I see it, this is a time to show how I handled the situation. Maybe I'll get a good promotion. Just need to hope dear Lofi and his new chums can sort out this little cult problem. Can't spare the men. Lofi did always have a way of getting things done. Most of the time, anyway. Let's see how he does this time. This is Red Moon role-playing. All three of you are let down into the dim lights that await you at the bottom of these stairs. Above you was a bathhouse that seemed quite pleasant. This place is less pleasant. There's a strange, chill wind coming from somewhere, although you're not quite sure where, especially if you are going underground. Although, Lofar, your knowledge of the city would dictate this must be somewhere in the sewers. However, the walls seem carved out of the limestone, indicating that maybe not part of the proper sewers. Maybe someone has made this place in recent years. You can't tell. There's only a single torch at the bottom of the stairway, and then beyond that is darkness. The figure leading you forward takes the torch from the scone. You notice there are two, but one has not been taken. Again, you remember there was earlier someone coming in with their own torch. Maybe they've gone ahead. You are led through a chamber. The chamber leads to a tunnel. Immediately, you feel your feet are wet, and you look below and see that you are in water, not too much, but it's kind of coming up just to your boots and shoes. It's foul-smelling, definitely sewage, and runoffs from the sewers that obviously are nearby. The figure leads you down a long tunnel. There are a few side tunnels here and there. Not sure where they lead, but he's leading you along what looks like a more central tunnel. What are all of you doing as you are led forwards? Larissa doesn't say anything, and she's no longer wearing her her cloak, so she just keeps her head slightly bowed, almost almost in reverence. I just follow behind stoically and trying to 
look like I am there to protect her. Royce is not trying to look disrespectful, but not as stoic. Very much look, has been described as hired help. His head on a swivel, trying to take everything in to see what exits there might be to the room, potential threats, just being very vigilant on a whole, without trying to offend. Yes, I'd say, Royce, you are able to clock on that you are following a main path. Side paths seem irrelevant. You think you'd remember this route if you had to quickly come back through. Although, we will need a light source, otherwise you'll be in pitch darkness. After a time, the hallway leads into a sort of side chamber, and another hallway leads from that. In the side chamber, there is an altar. At the altar, something smells very foul. There is definitely something present in front of it. Flies are buzzing around what look like some sort of entrails. Or perhaps some sort of organs from some creature you don't know what, and you're not sure you want to know. The altar has above it an image carved into the wall. This is an image of a skull leering out, surrounded by various what look like drops of blood or liquid, surrounding it almost in a circle motif. The figure steps by it for a moment and looks towards you, Larissa. Before we go on, won't you pay homage to our lord? Do you have anything to offer? That, that, that's what I saw in my, my dream. And she's going to put on that she's a little bit bewildered. Keeping along that act of, she's, she has no idea what's happening. She's just come here based on what, what she's seen in this, this dream that she's made up. I, I don't, I don't know how to pay homage I it's very simple child this is only a simple altar maybe offer something from yourself or one of them will they miss a finger or two maybe some blood or skin Larissa will unsheath one of her daggers and she's unsure at this point if this is a wise idea but it's the only way to move forward in her mind and she'll cut across her palm is there like is there a like a libation bowl on this uh, this altar is it just completely plain it's a plain altar the smouldering remains of whatever have been left though in front of it you figure that's as good a place to pour your blood if anything yeah she'll she'll cut her palm and squeeze um her hand until a few drops fall and then resheath it you don't feel anything strange happen. Although, of course, it hurts your hand a little to cut it. But you do notice the figure nod. That is a start. The Lord of Murder appreciates offerings given freely. Although, of course, you will need to spill so much more. We will teach you, child. We will help you spill so much in his name. Lofar. Royce, it's all getting a little unpleasant down here, but it seems to be working what Larissa's doing. How are you feeling? Uneasy, but I try to keep up appearances. I'm trying to seem nonplussed, seeming like I... This is perfectly natural. I've been through worse. That kind of approach. 
Indeed, and currently, obviously Gond is not the most sanctimonious of gods. His interests are more in the forge and invention. So you feel your vows are not yet being put upon. No, there is nothing valuable here, nothing uniquely created or beautiful from a technological perspective that could be destroyed by whatever will happen here. No, this is this is safe. Gond will not look harshly upon me for whatever happens here, I'm certain of that. What of you, Royce? Royce is uneasy with the potential for danger, but in terms of the blood sacrifice he's seen from his time in fighting, it's a superficial cut. Uh, Larissa's hand will be fine. And a necessary action, he would have done the same. It's not overly affected by the spilling of the blood. The blood spilling is finished, and the individual motions for you to continue to follow him down another tunnel. Do you so? Uh, Larissa will will follow him, and she will turn to her her two companions to still to still reinforce that you know they have been paid very well, and therefore uh, are not shouldn't be excluded from whatever happens. Um, she will say, "Remember that whatever you see, I pay you well, and if you should choose to turn from this, there will be consequences." I nod silently. I I won't be turning. I am intrigued and I'm going to kind of turn to the lead cultist just to kind of emphasize that I'm interested to hear more. And I want to learn about this lord, this, this god. The cultist briefly looks to you as it moves on saying, Oh, you will learn much. All free, of course. But we here for Baal. His allies are important to us as well. All free together, we can draw strength to bring ruin onto all those who stand against us. Show me more. He leads you on through a few more chambers. At one point you pass by a tapestry, old and decaying, showing the image something quite unpleasant. Four faceless figures ripping apart a fifth figure who seems to be screaming in agony as he is dragged into a pile of corpses. You pass this tapestry and through a door he closes the door behind you and you find yourself in a room with two other doors including the door you've come in from that's free and each one of them has a symbol upon them. The one you've just entered through picks a sort of man, armoured, wearing a bucket helm. His right gauntlet is painted black and he clutches a set of shackles. Then the one just ahead has again the same symbol you saw earlier, although there's a bit more here. There's a man with a skull head, long curved blades representing his hands. And finally, there's another door bearing a cloaked individual with skeletal hands one of those hands clutching a screaming human skull. He leads you towards the eastern door. That's the one just next to the one you came in from, which is the one that has, you think, the symbol of Baal. And leads you through it, opening it. Do you follow? 
Larissa will step forward, but she'll ask, the other door, where does that go? None of your concern for now. Merely a crypt where some of those of Merkel like to dwell. I, I, I see. Yes. But come. You're almost there. My superiors wish to talk to you all. And he leads you forward down this corridor that seems to very soon lead to a big chamber. Do you all go through? Larissa will follow follow through. We've come this far now. In her mind, she's like, well, we have to go and see what's at the end of this now because we can't turn back. I shall follow my mistress. You are led to a much larger chamber. This room is a little flooded again and braced with floor-to-ceiling wooden beams. You've noticed a few of those, actually, as you passed by. It seems that quite a few wooden beams have been put up to sort of support some of these tunnels you're going through, implying maybe they're not all as stable as an official craftsman would have made them. You enter a room with another great altar. This one's a little larger, though, than the one you came from before. It has a statue representing, again, this figure you saw earlier, a man in heavy armour with a sort of big bucket helm and carrying a shield with a black hand imprint on it. Before this altar, you see two individuals directly in front of it. One is a very large individual, looks like a man, but again has a helmet on. He's not heavily armoured though, but he's wearing some sort of scale armour and carries with him a large spear. By his side is a woman, her hair matted and grey. She's wearing a cloak, but she also seems to be equipped with some sort of flail. You can't quite see what's on the end of the flail, it's currently sheathed. They are currently in front of an individual tied just below the statue, shackles and rope. They seem to be in the process of cutting him. The woman is anyway, inserting a knife along his skin as he sort of screams just as you then entered. You didn't hear this earlier, but obviously he was quiet then. You also notice a third individual, though they are not in front of this altar, which leads off to other areas, you notice. This man is very, very large, maybe six or seven foot tall. He was carrying a torch. The room is also a slightly better lit than the darkness you've come to. There's a few torches here, so obviously this place is a bit more visible. And this man sort of turns to look at you as you're coming in. You see, leave his cloak, which by the way is a far more mundane looking travel cloak compared to all these other people. A very hideously scarred face. Half his face looks like something very bad happened to it once. Maybe he was burnt? The other half shows a rather brutish human face. And he's looking at you as you enter, while these other two individuals seem quite content to torture this poor wretch tied to this altar. What do you do as you all enter the room? Larissa purposely tries to make it look like she's hiding shock. You know, the line of work that she's come from, she's seen a lot of unfortunate things happen to a lot of people, so she herself isn't shocked by this scene. She's slightly disgusted by it. But she has to put on 
a kind of a naive shock that she's trying to hide to keep up this this ruse that we're all going with. Royce, on the other hand, is not very comfortable with this. This is he's okay with people having signed up to fight to have you know he's seen some brutal things, but this person didn't ask for this or didn't volunteer to put themselves at risk of this. He's not very comfortable with the situation. and He's looking to somehow speak with his uh, allies here. Maybe try and get them off to the side to you know, conversation under their breath, if possible. If he sees an opportunity, he'll, he'll go for that. Hmm. And Lofar? Hmm. I study the room and I try to identify then who here is the leader. Who is it? that is behind all this. The ones who are doing the sacrificing look like they're really just focused on that. Is it this burned man, then? Is he the one who is in charge? Roll me an insight check. 16. Hmm. Well, you definitely, obviously to you, notice he definitely looks different from everyone else. He is not covered in dark unpleasant robes. He's not wearing flails and helmets he just looks like a normal person mind you quite an intimidating person he's very big and you can see maybe that he has a great club on his person he's also the only one who's looking at you looking a little confused sort of like assessing you as you enter while the other two haven't noticed yet although as you've all entered the figure who's been leading you does announce masters we have some guests i have brought them to you so you can judge for yourself whether they are here to serve our great masters or here to serve our great masters. And at this, the woman looks a little towards you, although she still takes a moment to take that knife and just jab it into this man again who weeps in pain. He has been cut many times and his blood is spilling everywhere. You're not entirely sure how much more he can bear. He doesn't look like a strong man at all. He looks like quite a young man. And the big male figure comes forward. Ah, you have come to offer yourselves in service either way to the great gods of tyranny, murder, and death. I, I came because I had a dream a dream of the Lord of Murder, and of the, the building upstairs. A week or two, maybe, ago, I, I've been making my way here, to the city, to this building, to try and find out what these dreams were about. I'll admit, I am I'm still not sure what is going on. I, I was hoping somebody could help. Help? Oh, we shall help you, child. We certainly shall. Of course, I hope this is no trick, no deceit. Otherwise, all three of you will die here. But I'm sure that is not the case. He begins to laugh, finding this all very amusing. The woman is watching, but doesn't seem that interested in you. And now you notice the person who's led you this far has just sort of gone behind you just to stand at the exit again says nothing now i don't understand the dreams that i had i don't understand why i was called here by them as 
the large, slightly armoured figure steps down from this altar. You notice the other man, the very tall, big, looming man, sort of remark. You, uh, get any new recruits? You didn't tell me anything about new recruits. We did not know either, my friend, that they have come. Perhaps it's not your concern. Aye, yeah, uh, I don't see it being my concern. You lot do your thing. All right. And this individual still looks at you a bit suspiciously, the scarred-faced man, but he is beginning to then exit the area. He seems to not want to have anything to do with whatever you are now going to do. Please, I, I have to ask, who who are you all? I didn't see you in my dreams. I just saw the building above. I am Morcon, Iron Consul of Bane. I serve the Lord of Tyranny. And this is dear Delza, Skull Lasher of Merkel. There are many of us here, child, of course, but that is who you are speaking to now. And if you wish to join us, as your dreams have guided you to us, we of course welcome all willing to serve. You are here to serve, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know what those dreams are about. Worry not. We will soon find out. You will be serving one way or the other. At this, the woman cackles a little to herself. The man, by the way, who's being brutally tortured, kind of just sort of looks at you. He's... For all the pain, it was hard for him to notice at first, but he has now kind of registered you're here. Uh, help me! Please! I'm wealthy! I have so much money! My my parents will pay so much money! Please! Kill them and get me out of here, please! Your wealth is of no concern to me, sir. The woman slaps this young man across the face and he whimpers as she sort of draws the blade to his throat and just stops. Meanwhile, Royce, you keeping an eye out, you've noticed this big scar-faced man has had enough and he's starting to head off past this altar towards another area of darkness. You notice him then put his torch aside. He sort of puts it out in the water and then goes through into darkness and then you can't see him anymore. Okay, and he, he was a human man? He was, yes. And this isn't the same door that we noticed before with the Val symbol and all that stuff? Uh, no, no, this is, this is, so that's behind you. This is forward. You're in this large chamber but it's not a perfect square chamber. It's more like a chamber built into the sewers. And beyond the, the altar, you can see what looks like an exit, but you can't see any. It's all in darkness. You notice him go forwards, put his torch out in the water that's flooding the area, and for some reason go into the darkness without a torch. And now he's gone. So as as this is happening and the, and the, the sacrificee, I guess, is just, um, talking to Larissa, I'm going to kind of lean towards Lothar and say how, how long do we keep up this ruse? At what point do we deal with this cult we, as we've been tasked? I think the time is now, right? I agree. I'll follow your lead. And um, I look to Larissa when she finishes talking and I put my head to the side and as if asking now? She will give you a look that's kind of agreement, but there's pause in it. There's there, there's almost a look of somebody who's 
hasn't quite maneuvered into position yet. But it's nearly there. I... I nod. And I await. Uh, Larissa will look at the the woman. Uh, Sorry, what was her name? Delza? Delza, is what you've been told. Um, Larissa walks towards her and this this captive and she kind of kneels in front of him studying the the cuts um, and the lacerations that he has does this look like torture for the sake of torture or does this look like there is a ritualistic aspect to it in terms of where he's been cut or how deep he's been cut you don't need to roll to see it's torture for the sake of torture it's just horrible unpleasant cutting and cutting to bleed him out you don't think there's any general ritual here at least if there is it's a very obscure strange one she looks towards Delza and says I was told that I would have to spill blood in order to prove myself would you allow me to do so now I certainly would she hands you the knife she had although you notice one hand does just settle on her ma- flail. But she steps aside, and the man goes, Indeed, if you are willing to serve, you can start now, end this miserable wretch's life, and send him to your lord of murder. Uh, is this a blade, is it a dagger, or is it like a ritualistic, um, like heavy blade? A simple dagger. Larissa will step behind this man, grabbing him kind of by the hair to expose his throat and holding the dagger she'll look at her companions and just as she goes it looks as if she's going to slice him she flips it in her hand and throws it aiming it straight at Delza as she nods at the both of them knowing that they are ready so your surprise attack shall go first roll your attack roll and I believe it will have your sneak attack bonus, as it is a surprise attack ambush. Yes, 19 total there. Wonderful, your dagger flies from your hand swiftly straight towards her. Roll your damage with sneak attack added. Uh, so that is 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 total piercing damage. Your dagger flies forward and hits her square in the chest. She recoils, screeching this horrible older woman sort of crackle from her throat, even though she doesn't look that old. Maybe she is. And grabs her flail, starts unfurling it. The flail at the other end has this strange glowing skull with green eyes. The other individual looks to you, Lofar, and Royce sort of tilting his head. He doesn't, again, he, you can't see his face because of this plated helm. He doesn't sound too disturbed, though, as he says, Ah, you will serve another way. Fine with me. And draws his spear. You also notice the person behind you getting their daggers out. Battle has begun. Please roll initiative, everyone. 20, but not natural. 16. 13. So, Larissa, you are very quick in these situations. You've got a quick first attack off. It is your go again. What do you do? Um, so, how many 
the the cultists themselves how clustered together are they Mm, not very. The woman you throw a dagger at is the one directly in front of you now, you feel. The large man, who called himself the Iron Consul, is sort of ready to move to the other two, and you notice from behind that cultist from before is getting ready to attack him from behind. Okay, so she's not gonna she's not gonna be able to cast something with a fifteen foot cone without hitting her her companions either, is she? No, not you could aim it just at one person, maybe aim it at Delza, but it won't be able to get much else. Is there anything in the room that's flammable that would catch if she aimed it at her? Like tapestries on the wall or...? No, if anything, half the room is flooded and there's lots of wooden beams everywhere, but this room's quite large, so... The statue... But could you push that over? It looks quite heavy. No, you don't think there's any... The terrain here isn't too favourable for anything you could think of. Uh, she'll go ahead and, and burning hands at uh, Delza anyway, because she is she is injured and also holding a pretty nasty looking weapon. So she will have to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, DC 12. She fails. Okay, so she takes 3d6 fire damage. Um, so that's going to be 12 in total. You unleash a gout of fire upon this woman in front of you and she is set ablaze quite significantly burning in front of your burning hands she screeches as she sort of staggers back and falls to the water which then does at least give her a moment to sort of put herself out a little but you have singed her skin terribly and she is in a lot of pain and practically taken out but still alive just a little that was your attack do you do anything movement-based? Larissa will move around slightly, so she's got eyes on the person coming from behind her, but she doesn't want to move too far from that captive. Lofar, your turn. You've just seen one of the individuals be sort of taken out by flame. They're still alive, but very heavily damaged. On the other hand, you have an individual coming towards you who's very healthy. And I um, I draw my, uh, my warhammer, and I do not go to immediately strike, but rather I raise up my voice and I say, this is your only chance to end this. Soon you will all follow in Delza's footsteps. You've gone too far. The Flaming Fist will purge you, and when they purge you, they will purge everyone that you care about. So why not end this now? Why not stop this? Stop your murdering, at least for a time. And um, I try to see if there's any reaction to that. I do not wish to kill them all, but I will if I have to. You see the individual tilt his head and then laugh. (laughs) Our deaths serve our gods as well as our lives. They love all conflict and misery. And he charges at you with his spear. They cannot see reason. Well... Then uh, there is only one thing to do, and I move to attack. Make your own. So I move to attack with my um, with my warhammer, and I apply the the power that Gond has granted me to smite this foe with with radiant light. Hopefully, making them change their minds. But uh, I suppose that is naive to think. Um, and I roll to attack, and I get 
17. That is a hit. Roll damage. That is a total of 11 damage. You charge forward with your warhammer and swing it straight to the side of this being. He grunts and takes the blow, but you infuse it with holy energies, and it definitely leaves an impact on his side as he grunts in pain and begins to bleed. Is that the end of your turn? That it is. Royce, it's your turn. What do you do? You've seen your companion, Lofar, jump to this person. He got a good hit in, but this individual seems like he's taken it. Uh, the other individual, the woman, is looking far less good. You do also have someone coming from behind you, but you notice maybe they are pausing. What do you do? I'm going to run, so to the the man in the helm who looks like he's more of an immediate threat. I'm going to run up beside him and just unleash um, a flurry of blows into the body, just unleashing a combination of strikes to try and slow him down. Do you, as you approach, do you go straight for the fists, or are you also using your club as well? Just the immediacy of the situation and just muscle memory. He's going to run up and just unleash a combination with his fists to the body. Wonderful. Make your rolls. First roll is... 18 plus 5, 23. Second is 19 plus 5, 24. And a crit 20. You run forward and take advantage of Lofar getting that good swing in on him, and you just unleash a flurry of blows. Please roll your damage. It's 21 damage total. You move forwards and your speed is incredible. Lofar, you're quite impressed yourself. You got in a good hit, but but this Royce just has so many different hits coming in. Each one maybe didn't do that much damage, but the amount that they are, this guy is almost staggered back as you just lay into him. He's still standing, but he was not expecting that assault and is clearly winded for a moment as he sort of falls to a knee. He laughs, but it sounds like the laugh of a man who clearly no longer thinks he's going to live very long. At this, you notice the third figure that was coming up behind you kind of then pauses, kind of just retreats back the way you came into the darkness. Meanwhile, Delza, sort of staggering up from the water, raises a hand toward you, Larissa. You will join us. Your bones will litter the grounds for Merkel. She unleashes a ray of some kind from her hand and it strikes you dead in the chest. You take nine damage and then please roll a constitution check. Eighteen. You feel this horrible wave of negative energy sort of strike you dead in the chest. It's painful. But... You feel a strange sort of unpleasantness try to spread, but maybe it's your infernal heritage, but you kind of feel it doesn't... You can, you can, de you can deal with this. You can hold it off, and that is all that happens. Meanwhile, the individual, the Iron Consul, sort of meets you, Royce, seeing you as the greatest threat, and raises his spear in anger as he tries to swing at you. However, his swing goes wide as he staggers, he clutches his side. You think he must have broken several of his ribs. Larissa, it is your turn. The fight seems to be going in your favour. They're still alive, but nearly dead, you feel. 
is there any chance that uh, after her last attack, so I've just realised I have Hellish Rebuke, which is a reaction. You do. Um, could I have could I have used that before, like this you new round? Starts? Certainly can. Thank you. Um, so they have to, uh, she'll have to make a Dexterity saving throw, as after this, uh, she takes its attack. Her eyes flicker. Um, from this black very quickly to a white as she just casts her hand out just in anger um, and just says it is your bones that will litter the ground as she lets out this um, these hellish flames from her hand she rolled an 11 that is a fail my dc is 12 Um, so she takes 3d10 fire damage which is a total of uh, 15 18 and you ignite her again, but this time the source of the fire is not from your hands. It seems to come from the very ground itself, beneath this woman. And she is engulfed in flame. She screams in agony and then collapses into the water, completely smouldering, very dead. And it is then your actual turn. So... Sorry, can you just give me an idea of who is where in the room? So, as you look away from this smouldering corpse, you see your two friends in melee combat with this large man, although they seem to have him on the ropes. He's still standing, but that's about it. You have no idea where that person who led you in has gone, but they've gone the way you came, and then you have a dying young man tied to a statue. I think the young man is... Pro- she can't do much for him at the minute while there's still people fighting in the room so she'll head over to the the big guy that the others are fighting uh drawing her two short swords she will make an attack and i think because their short swords are light weapons so she can also make an attack with her offhand as well mm-hmm. yes uh, with no modifier bonus to that one so she'll she'll take two swings and come around uh behind this guy so I'll, she'll go in for the first one, which is a 17, 19. That is a hit. Roll damage. So that's 11 for the first one. And then the second attack, uh, that is only, that's only an 11, so I don't think that's going to hit. You jab your sword quite firmly into his back. But unfortunately, your other sword, you can't quite get purchase with it. And he pretty much falls to his knees. He wavers a little, drops his spear, and you just see him tilt his head upward and say, Lord Bane, accept my death for your glory. I have been bested by those of power, and that pleases you. Lofar, it's your turn, but this man is now pretty much in supplication before you. What do you do? Well, he wants to die for his god. Indeed he does. I'm not going to grant him that. I'm going to bring him to justice. I begin preparing to tie him up. Do you have some rope on you? There is something in here, right? They have people tied up to... Yes, actually, this is true. So I uh, use shackles or rope or whatever it is that they have here, and I, I begin readying this man for... Bring him to justice. As you go to put these shackles on him that you see, indeed, by the corner of that sacrificial victim, you clamp them on and the man bellows in fury and flails at you, but then 
kind of falls as he's bleeding from so many different places, and you're pretty sure, Royce, you've broken many of the bones in his body. What are you doing? How dare you? I will end you all! Your souls! I will devour! I look forward to that, I say, nonplussed. But until then, you will answer for what you have done here, and you will give up the rest of your network. I'm sure the Flaming Fist will find ways of getting you to talk. They are very adept at that, as I recall. He starts yelling at the top of his voice, Alarm! Alarm! Intruders! Kill them all! Kill them all! I move to shut him up uh, by uh, putting something in his mouth, like a piece of wood or whatever, you know, just something to knock him out. And you do so, and he struggles and flails, although... You are very aware he has just shouted very loudly, and you can hear echoes all over the place. You're not sure how much time you have remaining in this place. What do you three of you do? You can't hear anyone coming, but you hear surely they may have heard from somewhere. Larissa wants to go over to um, Delza's body, because she had a very interesting weapon that probably doesn't need to be in the hands of anybody else here and also see if she's got any information on her um, names or locations as you go to search her body you find the flail do you reach out to touch it no larissa will grab her her cloak i imagine it's been dropped on the floor at some point in the combat and will wrap that around her hand before she picks it up you pick it up with the cloak and you feel a very unpleasant sensation. Uh, the skull kind of glows slightly and this feels like a very unpleasant weapon, but maybe you can use it if you're not quite sure. It is a flail. Um, does it seem... Uh, she, I don't have uh, like detect magic or anything, but based on her uh, arcane knowledge as a spellcaster, does this seem like it's got magical properties of some kind? Yes, it must. It has glowing... The skull has glowing eyes. Although they kind of seem to have dimmed a little now, it's no longer being used for battle. So there definitely must be something going on here. But you probably would need a bit of a proper check. She, she'll very quickly wrap it up in the cloak and shove it into her um, rucksack that she's wearing. And so you do. Uh, guys, maybe we should help, because... Uh, the, the guy who's been tortured is still tied to the altar. Where is he now? Yes, he's still tied to the altar and whimpering away as he bleeds heavily. So I'm, I'm going to... Roy's going to run over um, and release him from his bindings and saying, uh, Guys, have any of you got any medical history? Can I have you help this poor guy? Uh, who are who are you, sir? Like, why? how did you end up here? Uh, uh, Lord Neville uh, Rispin uh, out of here, yes they'll pay you so much money my parents so much, so much money all the money you need, get me out of here, save my life please I'm gonna slap him ah! so look, buddy, we need to know who are these people, how did you end up here we're trying to stop them, we're not one of them Madmen, killers, insane people. They want to kill me. You need to get me out of here. I don't know who they are. They just want to kill people. We're not going to get anything out of him while he's here. He's hysterical and looks like he's lost a lot of blood. Does he look in danger of uh, perishing while we um, bring him up? Yes. All right. Well, in that case, um, 
I uh, nod towards this uh, captive that I have. Is he under control, relatively speaking? Nope. I mean, he is badly injured and can't do much, but you can see him just trying to crawl towards you, flail towards one of the various exits. You can hear things coming from the various exits. You've only seen three or four people. You recall the commander's survived some there could be as many as 20 or 30 people down here is he would it be possible for me to carry him i have 19 in strength he's very heavy but you could just about haul him along i move to knock him out then um, because i can't have him crawling places and you do so it's quite easy to sort of bring your warhammer bring the hilt knock him out he's out cold if I still have time, I will move to uh, lay on hands then on the uh, injured victim that we have here, um, and I will give him back ten hit points. You do, and it stems the bleeding, and this man seems stabilized, although mewling, pathetic. And yes, Larissa, you know, you don't think this guy knows anything. He seems pretty pathetic, really. You're pretty sure he's the kind of person who normally would be spitting on you from a carriage. Yeah. Um, Larissa will turn to them all and say I don't know how much we can do here or how long we can fight and maybe that's not the point I have got a small amount of oil we could set fire to the place block our, block them trying to exit and hope we can get away from here before well, we're trapped in this room Yes, I unshackle the, uh, the bonds of the prisoner and I get him ready to be moved now that he has uh, had some of his wounds healed. And then I nod to, uh, to Larissa. Sounds good. Let's get out of here and I move to bring my prisoner. As you begin the process of hauling an injured man and this prisoner with you, you, Royce, do see again from that place from behind where that man vanished, you can hear something. And you see, then, from the darkness quickly emerge, running that individual from before, the one with the scarred face. He is clutching his side, wielding his great club. He kind of looks forward, looks at all of you very confused, looks behind him, looks forward again. What the... Who the hell are you people? We're here to stop you. We've been sent by the Flaming Fist. He looks concerned, goes to get his great club, looks behind him, can hear the sounds now of multiple voices, multiple people coming from somewhere in that direction. Death to intruders! Murder for Baal! Murder them all! I wouldn't... I wouldn't do that. The Flaming Fists are coming as we speak. We've sent allies of ours to warn them. We found your base. The whole guard is here on their way. Does that does that voice that we're hearing from beyond sound like the one Larissa heard when she was back in the crowd? No. No, these sound like multiple voices. Maybe there's five, seven, ten people coming from that direction. You also notice again the man you can see, again look behind him. Again, he's been wounded. He's clutching his side. He looks behind. Forwards again. He looks to you, Royce. Oh, what the... You're the flaming fist, but... Nah, nah, you're not. You're with Amrick. You're the ones who got them to kill me. You're here to finish the job, right? You won't fucking kill me as well. Ah, oh, I killed the others. They're coming for us. 
again, he looks very confused as if trying to assess who you are. He's looking behind. He's injured. What do you guys do? Larissa looks at him and says, if you want to live, hurry up and get on this side of the room before I set fire to the supports in here. Come on, help us get out of here. Wait, you're not going to kill me? For Amrick? If I wanted to kill you, don't you think we would have done it already? Uh, oh, these bloody cultists. Uh, he, he kind of lowers his weapon and kind of begins moving towards you, but going where you said, and then looking to that entrance. And yes, what do you do, Larissa, as you look to this tunnel? Larissa will unleash a volley of her firebolt cantrips on the wooden supports that she can see in this room in the hopes that knocking them out might collapse bits of it as we try to leave. Hopefully also destroying that god-awful statue. Well, it won't destroy the statue as that's in the room with you. But you do begin to charge up your fireballs. You notice as you're doing this, the scarred-faced man look a bit like Oh, hang on! That will... Oh, wait. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And Royce, you kind of then think, was there a reason he put out that torch? You fire your fire cantrips towards those supports in the darkness. It's far more effective than you could have hoped, because there's a weird sizzle sound, and then something ignites in the air, and the entire corridor is filled with an explosion. You all kind of stumble back a little as you ignited something in the air. There's a bit of dust settling and a pause. I think you're quite surprised because again, you were just planning to make a little fire. You made a very large fire. The corridor seems to, when it lit up by the way, reveal a large hallway that must have led to somewhere else entirely. It's not come down, but the sounds that were coming from it seem to have lessened a little. What do you all do? We, we should go. We can find out what was in that direction later from this one here. Agreed. Yes, agreed. You all begin to exit then the way you came. Uh, Larissa wants to ask this guy as she's moving, going, what's down that way? What caused that explosion? Uh, well, the whole place is filled with a gas pocket. That's why we put the torches out. And is there another exit out that way or are they trapped for now? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you everything. If you, I'll tell you what, if you're not here to kill me, I'll tell you everything. But let's get the fuck out of here first. Uh, as we go up the steps then that lead back up to that um, secret door, Larissa will, on any of the wooden surfaces, anything flammable, pour some of that oil and just set that on fire too. In the hopes that even if they manage to put some of the flames out, the smoke and the bad ventilation in this place might do our job for us. Well, that's something you definitely do in passing, although it does require a bit of pausing for a few seconds. And that's why when you arrive at that final exit, you are not alone. You see, standing before you, five individuals. But you lo-far notice, just in front of them, the man you saw earlier, that weird shadowy figure, has been brutally slaughtered. These individuals stare at you. They are in these strange robes, but they do not look the same as the ones of the people you've been encountering. If anything, is there something draconic about them? There's some sort of scales, and there's a man at the front with a large scaled helm, or headdress if you will. You all sort of stare at each other for a moment. The large man with the scarred face looks a bit confused. 
the young man is unconscious, and you have an unconscious prisoner. A man steps forward to the headdress and looks to you, Lofar. Are you here to impede us getting back what is ours? That would depend on what you're here to get, but I do not believe so. We are here to reclaim what has been stolen by these ones. Well, they are no friends of ours, so reclaim what is yours. We want simply to leave. The figures nod and begin moving straight past you quite stealthily. They seem no longer interested in you at all. Now you have said you will not block their progress. And they begin to head the direction you've come from. The scarred-faced man looks behind like, What the hell is going on? And yeah, there is nothing impeding you. You all head upwards. Can Larissa call out to them as they go past and just say, Friend, who are you? The one in the headdress turns, tilts his head. I am Ultis. We are here to reclaim that which is stolen from our great lady. She will just nod. Who the fuck is Ultis? <laughs> um, out of interest, what colour are the scales of this person's helm? They are many coloured. Almost as if symbolising many dragons. Or dragon or horic beans. Red, blue, black. Does Larissa understand what that symbolises? Roll a religion check. Uh, natural one. You have no idea who these people are. You're really tired and you're thinking, if anything, if they're going in that direction, they're fine to go in that direction. You do, by the way, Royce, you will, I imagine, have a quick moment of going, if they've just killed a guy and they're heading in that direction... They're probably not good for these people. Yeah, so... Basically seeing that these guys... Maybe not good guys, but have a common enemy. It's like, look, guys. These guys are going to finish off the job we've been paid to do. Let's get out of here. Let's return this lord guy to... where Whatever shithole he came from. And pick up our money. From the Flaming Fist. Yes. Agreed. Let us go. And... You make your way upstairs to the bathhouse once again and find yourself out on the street. It's at this point that the man with the scarred face looks at you, sort of remarks, Right, well, goodbye, and begins trying to walk off. Larissa will very quickly try to head him off with her short swords drawn and, like, pokes one into his chest, like, Ah, ah, ah. Ah, you're not going anywhere. We saved your life, so you're going to tell us what's going on down there. Otherwise, I can unsave it pretty quickly. (sighs) Fine. And the man stands still now, as you hold your short swords close to his chest. And so, you find yourself on a dimly lit street in the middle of the night with one hostage one unconscious prisoner and one heavily wounded young man from within the bathhouse you're pretty sure you can just hear very dimly the sounds of some more conflict happening below and the sounds of screams 
You have listened to an episode of Red Moon Roleplaying, where we played the campaign Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We were joined by Virginia Page, who is Tabletop Horde on Twitter, and Owen Falwey from the How We Roll podcast. We would like to extend our thanks to our friends at Wizards of the Coast for all their support in getting us the material early and for helping more people discover the show. The music was made by Halgrath, Aegis Sonus, Adrian Carceri and Herbs9 and was used with permission from their label Cryochamber. Check out their website at cryochamber.bandcamp.com or their YouTube channel for some moody dark ambient. We also used the soundtrack to Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 by Michael Honig and to Planescape Torment by Mark Morgan and permission for this was given by the awesome people at Beamdog. Check out the enhanced editions of those classic games for some of the best D&D adventures ever created. If you want to support our work, please check us out on Patreon. You can get access to bonus campaigns for Cult, Divinity Lost and Coriolis there, as well as get early and draw access to all of our recordings. More importantly, that support is what keeps the show going, so please do consider becoming one of our beloved Patreons. Thank you again for listening and see you soon again.